Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Mythological. I'm your host, Isaac Payne, and today it's another episode of Egyptian Mythology. I really hope you enjoy this episode. It's on Set, or his Greek name, Seth. Seth is more common. Set, the envious god. Without boring you, here's the story, with a five-second pause. The goddess Aset, great-granddaughter of Ra, was beautiful, smart, and kind. Humans were very drawn to her. She would visit them in dreams and listen to their worries, hopes, and dreams. From the richest person to the lowest of the slaves. She listened to those who were hurt and even the person who hurt them. And by listening, she helped them understand their own thoughts and find their own paths to solving their troubles or fulfilling their dreams. In a sense, it was through Set's faithful and careful listening that human beings really learned to trust in the deities. She wished strength and health for all of them. She wished good life. So she wore the tajet, a girdle with a knot at the front, and carried in one hand an ankh, a small straight key with two straight arms and a loop on top. Both the tajet and the ankh were symbols of life. In her other hand, she often held a simple wooden staff. That wooden staff was useful when she walked with her brother and husband, Usir. Usir loved to wander among the animals, particularly the animals that humans quickly gathered around them. And, even more particularly, these fat, woolly sheep. A set loved sheep. In fact, Usir was so fond of sheep, he wore ram horns on his crown. He was a benevolent god, bringing robustness to the sheep and fertility to the land. He taught humans how to plow, and he gave them laws to live by, rising to become king of Lower Egypt, and then so popular was he, king of all Egypt. And so it was impossible for this benevolent god not to love his ever-so-benevolent wife. He adored her. They were meant for each other. Their brother god set watched them. He hated them. Ah, he hated them with everything he had. Set had a wife of his own. What was her name? Nebuthat. But Seth couldn't think about her. He couldn't even look at her. He instead looked to a set. Seth was a very envious god, and that's why we get his name. Of course, the rest of the story now. Seth hated it. He hated it, hated it, hated it. He was like the Grinch of love. He hated it. So, he asked Usir if Usir would come to him for a little party game of sorts. He told Usir that whoever could fit inside his box could keep it. Of course, this box was beautiful and blue. It didn't look at all anything like a coffin. But Usir loved the color, and it was just a box to store things in. So he went in, and he fit perfectly. Of course he did, because Set used his height and his width, and he used it to make the box. 
So nobody else fit, but he fit. And then, while he was about to get out, Seth threw on the lid, took the box, and threw it into the Nile River. Rapidly, it spun down the river. Spun and spun and spun. Usir gagging for life. As soon as a set learned what happened, she run and she run and she run and she run. She run to find her husband that she loved so, so very much. She was devoted. She needed her husband. They loved each other. They cared about each other. So it was necessary that a set went on a journey. That she went on a mission. To find her husband. Coming up next, a set goes down the Nile River to find the husband that set her evil brother through into the Nile River. A set, also known as Isis, the devoted wife and mother. The god Set was so envious of his brother Usir that he committed a dastardly act. He nailed Usir into a box and threw it into the Nile River. The current raced north, carrying her husband toward the sea, and the wind blew south, impending Set's every step. She ran hard, seeing the white foamed swirl of the swift and wild river. She ran harder, hearing nothing but the streak of the wind, rasping her ears raw. The box was already out of sight. Aset had to run yet faster. That was her husband, the love of her life. Aset ran all that day and all that night and all the next day. Her feet bled, her legs ached. When she arrived at the seashore, she backed, falling out over the green and purple waters. Calling, calling, she rent her hair. She grabbed a clamshell and grabbed it, grasped it. She felt like she would explode. The world spun around her. She felt alone. She was dizzy. She knew her husband was going to suffocate. She hoped, she prayed to Ra that he could get out of the box before he died. Meanwhile, the box that held Usir had washed out to the middle of the vast Mediterranean Sea and floated and the Wajwer, the great green, aimlessly, a rudderless, sailless skiff, until the currents eventually carried it toward the shore again, but not back to the mouth of the Nile River, where miserable Aset lay crying no. The box settled far to the east, and near the city of Kubd, and the city of Kenanai. The coast there was thick and strong with reeds that reached out like tentacles. They slipped around and over and under each other, and pulled the box in, wrapping themselves around it, carelessly. Somehow, one reed pushed against another so incessantly that two reeds merged, and then another merged with them, and soon the mass of reeds was a single shrub, engulfing the box. Back on the shore of Egypt, the goddess Aset lay desperate. Moons had passed until she could move. But before then, she remained mobile. But now she was woken from her grief-stricken stupor by the instant calls. Boo-boo, boo-boo, and again, boo-boo, boo-boo, all around her. She sat up again, agog, at the flock of hoopoes, with their colorful crests strutting in profusion. These were the birds that had nested in the cedar tree that the king had cut down. They were mourning its loss. They had flown all this way, searching for a substitute tree where they'd spotted a set. Instinctively, the birds came to her. 
she felt her pain and the birds felt her pain. It was sad, but Usir was out there, or at least that's what Aset thought, and she thought these birds could lead them to her. There at long last was the splendid Palace of Kubana. Aset wandered, sure, the box would be just past the wall, just round the corner, just under the eave, but the box was nowhere. Without warning, without preamble, reason finally coated Aset's tongue with a bitter salt. Usir was dead. Whether she found the box or not, he was dead. It was almost as though he was nearby, with his spirit telling her that forcing her to understand. Aset found a large, smooth rock in the courtyard. She sat and wept, but these were tears of acceptance and exhaustion. It was over, at last, so she thought. But inside the Kubana palace, the royal handmaidens whispered. A morose stranger sat in the courtyard. She was thin as a wind-whipped pine. They could tell grief weighed on the stranger. You could see it in her. They approached on quiet feet. A set turned and saw their frightened faces, and her wounded heart opened. After all, her grief was due to no faults of theirs. She smiled through tears and patted the empty spot on the rock beside her. These handmaidens were hardly older than girls, innocent. She plaited with her hair and exalted perfume onto the golden skin when they asked what had happened to her. She talked sweetly of nothing. Deities knew that humans weren't good at discussions about death. The afternoon passed, and one by one the maidens left. Set folded one hand inside the other and sat. She wasn't waiting. There was nothing to wait for. She was resting. Soon those maidens reappeared and took a set by both hands and led her to their queen, recommending her sincerely. The queen paused, a finger pressed to her cheek. You're not at all like the girl said, not at all. Aset didn't speak. She wasn't even sure why she was still standing there. She might as well leave. The queen put Aset in charge of her baby. Aset grew so fond of the baby that she wanted to make him immortal. So, one night while the queen was asleep, she burnt the baby, but not in the way you think. She didn't just light him on fire. It was a ritual that Aset knew. She needed to know it, of course. So, while the baby was in the flames, perfectly uninjured, the queen, the queen was watching, and she ran out, horrified, screaming bloody murder. She knew nothing of this ritual. She did not think that she was trying to make her baby immortal. She thought Aset was trying to kill it. Of course, this made Aset furious. But she wasn't going to hurt her. She understood the pain that it was like losing someone. After all, she had lost her husband. But then, Aset noticed something as she was walking out of the room. In the pillar was Usir. She there was the box. The box. The box. It was the box. How happy Aset was. She could give him a proper burial. But as soon as Set caught word that Aset had found Usir, he stole Usir's body before it could have a proper burial and ripped it up and scattered its pieces across Egypt. A bloody mess it was. Set was an enemy to the gods. Well, not really, because he was a god, and there was nothing the other immortals could do about it, and honestly, and frankly, they 
didn't care. A set scavenged Egypt to look for the pieces of her husband. Set's wife was so upset. I mean, wouldn't you be too if your husband just wanted to marry another lady that was your sister? It's gotta be sad. She felt so much pity for Aset that she helped her. And eventually they found all the pieces of Usir. They put them back together, and there, standing in front of them, was Usir. Eventually Set's wife left, and it was just Usir and Aset. They were happy to see each other again, and they couldn't be more excited. They finally got to catch up and see each other again. But before Aset knew it, it was all over. It was all over. It was all over. It was all over. She put Usir in his coffin, and... There, there, they had a burial. It was a sad day. Well, guys, that's gonna wrap it up for today's video. Sorry if I just made you go deaf. Well, either way, that's gonna finish it up. Please, if you could, leave a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, because that could really help us grow. Hope you enjoyed the first part of a set story. Next time, join us for the rest of the story of Usir and Aset. Bye-bye.